Hi, this is Steve Roost and you're listening to Health Tech Hour on UK Health Radio. Each week we give you the best news, views and interviews from the health technology world. From CEOs and founders to entrepreneurs and clinicians. The companies and people that are shaping the future face of healthcare. All on the world's number one talk health radio. Hello and welcome to the Health Tech Hour on UK Health Radio, the world's number one talk health radio. My name is Steve Roost and each week we bring you the best news, views and interviews with the CEOs, founders and leaders who are driving the health tech revolution in the UK and beyond. I'm a CEO and founder of a health tech company myself and I'm passionate about the people and companies who are changing the world. Before we get to today's show, as always, we do a bit of business. Um, I'd like to remind everyone to follow us on the socials. It's at Health Tech Hour. And also make sure you follow the station, which is at UK Health Radio. We've got tons of new presenters on doing some awesome shows. So make sure you follow the station to stay on top of everything that's coming up. Also, I want to thank everyone who's listening and who has listened and has got us to the half a million listener mark in less than six months, which is huge. So thank you very much again. Um, let's move on to today's show. It's going to be a good one. Um, we've got Richard Wyatt, um, Richard Wyatt Haynes, who's the director of HCI. Now, I'm guessing that the name HCI doesn't necessarily ring bells for many people listening. You know, um, it's not necessarily Nike, but this is one of the reasons why I love doing this show, because as I've said many, many, many times before, um, we do this show to highlight all of the fantastic companies that may not be, you know, aware, people may not be aware of them, but they're doing phenomenal things in the world of healthcare that make a difference to patients and individuals. And you may have even used their services without knowing about it. And HCI is, is, is one of those. So HCI have developed a platform called Connect Plus, which is fast becoming the leading app at use in the NHS to manage health conditions remotely. 25% of the UK population has one or more chronic health conditions. I guess that's close to about 20 million people. And we know that individuals now are having to adapt to a new way of being treated, a new healthcare system, if you like, to managing their conditions remotely at home and out of the clinic. That was already happening before the pandemic. But obviously, thank you to our friend COVID, that, excel- that has accelerated the, the move out of the surgery, the move out of the clinic for, for treatment, um, and patients are having to adapt to that. Connect Plus is leading the charge in this area, and many, many people listening, as I said, you may have already used this without necessarily realizing it. So um, let's get straight into it. Richard, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm very good, Steve. Good to see you, and good to see you this morning. It's wonderful good. to be with you. And congratulations on those numbers, by the way, to kick Thank us you. off. That's phenomenal. Yeah, we're super happy with it. I mean, I think that we're, we're lucky in the sense that the interest in this area has never been higher. It's getting higher and higher. But the fact that we keep bringing interesting guests onto the show and interesting, interesting companies um, that are doing amazing things, I think is making, making the difference. Um, so I ask everyone coming on the show, it's been a crazy 18 months. What, what's the mood been like over at HCI? And what, what's kind of the mood in the camp like? How has it been over the last sort of you know, I don't know, the time vortex of the last 18 months. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's positive, I'm pleased to say. I, 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 that always feels awful when you say it, doesn't it, um, in the context of what's gone on in so many people's lives. Um, but 
digital health, supporting patients with whatever tools that you're working on, I'm working on, is just there's the opportunity for us. And we we've had to all step up to the mark and deliver some stuff, I think, pretty quickly, all of us to, to make that happen. But it, it gives people focus. It gives people an energy. It gives them a buzz. And that's what we've got on and, and done. So right. um, it's been really good for us, really. Good. And well, we're going to sorry, go on. As I say, the difference is, you know, like lots of people, we've got people re- working remotely and that and that for us still continues at the moment. Anyhow. Well, look, I would I would hope that as a company that's leading the charge in remote monitoring, that you would be you would you would be adaptable <laughs> to remote working. What would I hope. Yes, no problems at all on that one. <laughs> um, so as, as regular listeners will know, we tend to do the show in three parts. The first part is, is more of an origins part around how you came to be doing all of the amazing stuff that you're doing. The middle part is all of the incredible stuff that you're doing at HCI with Connect Plus or potentially with other things that you want to you kind of showcase. And then the final piece is what's next. Obviously, this area, or as you said, digital health in general, but specifically remote monitoring, remote yeah. testing, anything in that area, that, that trend, I believe, is, is only going to accelerate further. Yeah. Um, and so it'd be interesting. I, I want to get your thoughts, make sure the listeners can get your insights into that as well. Um, so quite a lot to, to pack into yeah. the show. So let's let's get started. So, Richard, you, you've not always been in, in health tech. I think that's correct, isn't it? That, that is correct. Yeah. So I, gosh, uh, strange beginnings, retail banking uh, into then consultancy, um, strategy work mainly, wrote a book um, okay. about the same thing. Um, about how organizations can get themselves sorted out to deliver on their strategy Uh, and then got asked to write another book Um, not sure why they came around for another go but they did and I thought well this is madness because the people out there just don't have time to read a book their attention spans are shorter and they were starting even then, where are we, eight, seven, eight years ago now, to get more and more information using video. And I thought there must be a better way of doing it than by way of a book. So I, I created something that was about producing information-rich videos for, in 90-second bursts okay. um, and started playing around with that in legal and financial services. But then by happenstance, and these things often are like that, aren't they? bumped into someone in health and realized that in health, if you could provide patients with information around their condition, the the treatment path they were were on in short burst video, they go, that would be much easier than having to read some leaflet. Mm. Um, If I can have it in the format I'm increasingly using everywhere else in my life, wouldn't that be wonderful? So that's what, that's what we started out on. And we, we tested it in, um, uh, pediatric day case surgery where dads often came in with their children very nervous into a hospital um where it's hot they didn't drink they didn't eat and then the nurses found dads lying on the floor having fainted and the children were on you know uh, waiting to recover from their surgery oh and there was goodness. a thing about how do we edu- how do we educate dads to not be so daft and that's where we started um right. and it had an impact instantly uh, right. It was brilliant. So, so look, let's break that down because that was a lot of you. I think you covered a relatively large span in the space of about three minutes. So <laughs> uh, let's just break oh, that down. So when, you, when you, so when you first started in the world of work, retail banking or whatever it was, yeah. what was the, what, was there a plan or, or what was the plan? You know, like at that point. No, early days, I don't, I don't think, 
I did. I was. I I didn't do university. Um, so where am I? Uh, leaving school seventy nine. Okay. But we sub ten percent went to university in those days. So unusual. But I was doing um, retail banking. I didn't really have a plan. But I found myself increasingly impatient and then increasingly dysfunctional okay. within an organisation. And I thought, how am I going to change this? So I went out and got a um, an MBA out of Warwick Business School mm-hmm. as part of that journey. I was progressing well, but it just didn't, you know, it just didn't fulfil me. It didn't excite me. I just needed to do something yeah. different. And I'm I'm ever ever so grateful for the the background I got in banking, but I needed to do something different. So I went and got an MBA from Warwick. I did it distance learning, you know, mixing it with work, children growing up, and all right. those. All those pressures. All those good things. Oh, and um, uh, But I got an MBA, but the purpose was really to get out and do something different. Okay. Um, and it was just, it was just brilliant. Um, really helped me a lot. Enabled me to see things and enabled me to just move out into, um, into well, into consulting in that, in that sense. Uh, initially okay. for someone and then on my own account and set up my own consultancy. Okay. And so was it that, what was it about the MBA that was so sort of transformative for you from a, I, I don't know how, for trans, <sighs> just transformative, I guess. I, it is transformative. It, it enables you to see outside of your narrow window, what is possible. I remember mm. the very first uh, session I went to at Warwick, there were uh, something like 250 people, 250 of us in the room. We were from 70 countries around the world. Wow. Right. And there were people. That's cool. You know, and you're just going, my head was just blown away by this whole concept. And there were people coming up, you know, my peers, my fellow students that were Greeks working in Sweden and then stood on a stage speaking in English to me. And I'm just going, hold on a minute. I've, I've, I don't know what's going on here. There's a much bigger opportunity than I ever dreamt of. And if I just take that small vignette, I think that tells you everything, I think. And then you mix with those people and they just challenge you and they they go, hold on a minute. What are you doing? Why aren't you doing this, this or this? Um, And you watch some great brains. I hadn't been exposed to at university. There was a guy in my study group from Oxford, first out of Oxford, Mm. managing TVs or something for Sony across Europe. And he could walk into any case study and he, he could analyze a brief almost instantly and come up with, well, OK, let's start thinking about it like this. And those people, that exposure, that thing about mixing with people that are far, far better than you mm. is, I think, um, just illustrative of, of the way you should look at life and finding people who work for you that are better than you as well. Yeah, because they just challenge you. They just push the whole business. Yeah. Um, and I. That's that's been a recurrent theme for me throughout life. I think I, I think that that's really interesting because I think in those in, in my experience there are people that that almost seek out more, you know, in the sense of they 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 almost crave exposure to smarter people, more intelligent people, new ideas, you know, and it becomes yeah. it, it becomes cyclical, right? You 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 get so much from it that you continue to seek out those people, and that you. You you want to be around people that that are that think differently to you that, yeah. that are smarter than you and they bring different ideas to the table. But I think there's another group of people that basically shrink 
as soon as they interact with people that aren't necessarily that they so they 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 have like a fear response, a flight response almost to the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's right. And that habit of just trying to find those people that challenge you, that unsettle you, I think is just invaluable because you just there are moments in your life you can see it where something has triggered a thought and that's led when you look back yeah to something quite significant well it's like a slide they call it the sliding doors moment right so i'm guessing yeah. by the sounds of it going doing your mba was kind of a sliding doors moment. yeah without doubt and like i um I, I i was a visiting fellow of leadership at the university of exeter for a while so just visiting alongside my other work and there was a professor there jonathan gosling and he so often starts a, a sentence with i'm intrigued by Mm. and just it's just that mindset it doesn't almost doesn't matter it's what he's what he's mulling over at the moment what he's considering i'm intrigued by and then Mm. off you'll go yeah and that mindset is just you know you're almost he's looking to absorb other perspectives and other ideas um and i think it teaches you as well not just to challenge yourself but also to be more tolerant of a wider variety of views Mm. um and i think that's that's it's interesting actually just You've just reminded me on my very, very first day at work, the guy I worked for, who God bless him, must have long passed us, um, said to me, he said, during your career, he said, he said, you'll work for managers who he said, you'll see some things you like and some things you don't like. He said, remember the things you like and drop the things you don't like. He said, do that every day. And that was my very, very first day at work. Um, as a as a youngster in you know, Neeston of all places, Northwest right. London, and you just go okay, and that's that's not bad, you know. Yeah, it's that's... not a bad lesson on your first day. Um, <laughs> so, like, let's go scroll a bit forward. So, yeah, you, you then got into um, what? So, how, how did the video content idea came up? Because that sounds like it sounds like your video content um, business or, or idea was that was your segue into healthcare. It's yeah, it was by the very much so. Very much. So, so. What, how, how did you come up with that and why? And then at what point did you did that move from being an idea into, you know, a thing, a business, yeah. a, a, okay. you know, a concept? Yeah, that's good. Um, so, uh, as I say, I'd written a book and then Wiley's, the publishers, asked me to write another one. OK. And Ego, because writing a book and opening the box with your name on the spine is a yeah it's got to be a big it's got to be an ego trip that's yeah it's nobody buys or reads them i'm sure so yeah. it's pure ego trip and i followed my ego and said yeah i'll go, I'll go for that um, yeah. when they asked again and then i was out running the next over the next couple of days and i thought this is madness why why do it when as i say this there were so many different ways this is 2014 Okay. So many different ways in which people absorb information today, get their information. Yeah. And equally, if we look at, you know, what's gone on in EastEnders, if you went back to the beginning of EastEnders, what, 30 years ago now, the average scene length is double at least what it is today. It is, is right? just shrunk and shrunk. Yeah, because that's people a won't, great, that's a great statistic. People will not sit there with that length of uh, of seen any longer they want right. snap 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 through it comes so um that's what goes that's what and uh, you could see that happening and i thought well if people are short of time and short of attention span then we there must be a better way than a book uh, yeah. and i was thinking then of you know business people because this would have been leadership and strategy again um and i thought well and what else is going on and that the video thing 2014 was 
was was big by then, but increasingly growing. And you're just going, that's where people are getting their information. That's where it will happen in the future. Right. So could you could you produce low cost content uh, in volume? Um, so it's sort of an operations management thing, I guess you could say, repeatedly uh, and do it in short bursts, say 90 seconds. So I, I just tried to find a model okay. that would allow me to do that. And it sort of it sort of took off and started doing bits in in, in financial services and legal services because they're very information rich. Yeah. And then by luck, I bumped into someone in health okay. uh, from a trust uh near where I live in um, Torbay, the Torbay and South Devon NHS Trust. And they were just playing around with, well, what, what, how else could they support and help patients? And okay. I, as soon as I heard that, I just said, hold on, there's something here to be done. Right. And what, it, were they, it, what were they trying to do at the time? What well, they, they were wrestling with, um, were leaflets good enough? What digital tools could be deployed to help people as they come through these journeys of care. And they were thinking about, well, maybe they could create their own videos, which is now commonplace in yeah. hospital trust countrywide. So Torbay were miles ahead of anyone else, but they, they hadn't got, they were still thinking about this as a traditional expensive model. Whereas I was thinking about video as a manufacturing process. For right. me, it was how do you produce large volume of video repeatedly over a long time? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where my head was, which then goes, you can change the price model, the cost model completely once you start thinking about that. Right. Um, and that's what I set out to do. Um, okay. uh, and it led to, we, we just started, it, it took a, a, about, it's interesting, isn't it? It's tell us about health. I met that individual in February. We didn't do anything together until the November of that year. Yeah. And then, it wasn't until twenty late twenty fifteen that we really started to produce some content, and we we got quite quickly up to about a hundred videos across okay. things like, um, like I say, uh, pediatric day case surgery, then hip and knee, uh, shoulder rehab was a good one. So okay. hip and knee replacement, people come into um, hospital when. Um, you know, a couple of weeks before they have their surgery, their knee replaced, and they have sort of education lesson. And it's delivered individually every time by mm. two, three, four of the specialist nurses. But did they really need to do that? You know, it's repeated stuff. Yeah, um, it's the same necessary? each time. Yeah, it is. And actually, it's so much better. What, what we saw quickly was it's so much better if a patient has a video that they can share with their family because there are things you need to do at home. Yeah, and, people, and also people need to, you, you, in a weird way, you want other people to be able to check that the person's doing them correctly. So um, let's continue this chat because I know that our, my, my producer's in my ear telling me that we have to go for a commercial break. <laughs> so on. let's continue this after a commercial break. We'll be right back. UK Health Radio. The station that makes you feel good. How good are vitamin C supplements? Usually only a small proportion of vitamin C actually reaches your cells and has a positive effect. Whereas the high absorption levels of Goldman Laboratories liposomal vitamin C help maintain optimal vitamin C levels in your body and strengthen your immune system. 
Now get 10% off when you choose Goldman Laboratories liposomal vitamin C capsules. Just quote 10 off at goldmanlaboratories.com. Do you suffer from pain? B-Cure Laser, a home-use CE-approved medical device for the effective treatment of pain, is now available in the UK. The results of a double-blind trial has shown that B-Cure Laser offers a significant reduction in pain compared to the placebo group. To get your special B-Cure offer now, call free on 0808 501 5122 or Google Radio Pro London. B-Cure Laser. B-Cure Laser. The station that makes you feel good. Hi, um, welcome back. We are back with Richard from HCI, um, who are the producers of a, a digital platform called Connect Plus. So we were just picking up with Richard about how he got into or how you got into um, generating video content for things like hip and knee replacements. So c- please carry on with that story. because I think it's really, really interesting as to how you then, then we can transition into what HCI and Connect Plus is all about today. No problems. So, yeah, we, we saw very quickly that you can do that remote support to patients using video you can do it consistently you can do it reliably and actually what you facilitate is patients in in the home understanding better what's going on because they can look at it afterwards think about it reflect on it and talk to their family members and get support and it was really interesting we did some work in cardiovascular in heart failure Mm. and people say oh a lot of our patients are old they won't use it But even if they didn't have access to the internet, which actually isn't really the case, but let's assume they didn't, what we found was that patients going home with, look, here's a link to these videos about how I can look after my heart problems. They'd sit down with son or daughter with their iPad and jointly watch the videos and learn jointly over what they need to do by way of activity or diet or exercise or whatever. And that really helped the family engagement and support that could that could happen so it works across the piece and um yeah it was it was really interesting so so we saw patients who were less anxious we saw patients who were better informed and we quickly saw patients saying well actually i've got the information on the, i don't need another appointment and we watched in in shoulder rehab uh, shoulder rehab patients uh having the videos for the exercise they need to do over a sort of a 12 stage process. And before they come back at each stage and come back and see the physio and get a, a re, sort of reworked bit of guidance. But now they just work their way through the videos step by step. And we watched 30% of appointments disappear. That's it was, fantastic. It was just they, wonderful. 30% of the appointments gone as a result of video content. That's, that's incredible. And so how, how at the beginning did you work out what, what areas to to focus on was it led by your partnerships within the nhs or, or was it yeah okay? yeah absolutely the the d- doctors specialist nurses spotted what we were doing and would say actually we could use that in our area because we're doing repeating information we've got lots of lots of areas where patients keep asking the same questions because we're not getting not helping them understand effectively we mm. can help them more so that's what happened and then we built in that journey both with Torbay and South Devon NHS Trust, but equally trusts around the country, we ultimately built a library of around 850 patient-facing videos. There's another 500 for 
bit patient facing things like but also staff training so we mm. provide all the videos for mountain rescue england and wales for their staff training okay um, we do podiatrist training but mainly it's for patients that's our that's and, what we do and in the early days how did patients get access to these videos were they hosted on youtube or like how did they where no, did they we, we always had a, um, a view that they needed a platform that could help that was that we were supporting what we enabled for for the trusts so we we we, we created our own platform that trusts can use and okay. share with their patients and they do it by a text or an email or a business card with a link on. Um, and then they come in and it's like a walled garden. You know, they'll, a trust would have something like six to 800 videos and they could just be shared by the trust and people just move around and, and take a look. And what's, what's happened in COVID coming back to your early, your earliest points is NHS England have taken up that library and we, uh, and I've used it as a response nationally mm. through the COVID period. So there's a, uh, and it's for all your pay, all your uh, listeners to go to, but uh, sponsored by NHS England and it's www.healthandcarevideos.uk. Mm. And there's about 600 videos on there wow. to help people manage, understand their condition, manage what's going on around them, around treatment areas mainly it's not public health it's treatment areas so i'm coming in for an mri i'm i've got vertigo i've you know i've got diabetes what do i do i've got rheumatoid arthritis and actually i'm having a flare what things should i think about so that's there for people to use it's free of charge and it's available. and that's health health and care videos.co.uk no health and care videos.uk health and care videos.uk and it's there for everyone to use that's a great resource. And I guess your your sort of competitor, for want of a better word, is Mr. Google, Dr. Yeah, Google, right? Yeah. Um, the, I, I don't I, I think it's just a safer environment. Everything we got on there has been created with and signed off by NHS clinicians. Absolutely okay. everything. There is nothing. Right. And there are links to charities and links to other resources. Um and that's being used by hospitals and uh, GP surgeries countrywide now. So please take advantage of it. It's, it's honestly, it's there for you, okay. all of you to use. And, and how, um, you know, because I know that you sort of grew in a way, you know, you sort of, you, you saw a great opportunity, a, a real need, and you sort of grown organically almost from, from, from yeah. there. How, just taking this concept of, you know, videos replacing what was previously there in terms of patient information, you know, treatment guidance, that kind of thing. Can you quantify how big of a problem it was under the old model? I guess let's call it leaflets or printed material. And, you know, like what, what scale of things are we sort of talking about in terms of a, you know, shift or improvement in care or, you know, reduction in appointments or like, how, how do you guys think about that for that video? Yeah. Piece on its own? Yeah. I, I think that's, that's really, it's a good way of looking at it. We, you can look at it from a patient point of view. You can look at it from staff members point of view in terms of the number of appointments. And you can look at it as a health system in terms of, of cost. So if we take patients, we continually survey patients to get feedback on the videos. What do they do? How do they work? The, the scores are superb. The one that always is important to us is that regularly between 60 and 70% of patients will say in surveys that they 
haven't had need for another appointment with or an extra appointment with their healthcare professional because they've got they're using the video. In other that's words, a good, that's a that's a great stat. And it's sixty awesome. at the moment. It's running around sixty-two. It's been as high as sixty-seven. Yeah, but, but like stopping, I'll any, take it. I mean, removing appointments from the system is a huge. That's that's a direct cost saving. Yeah, right there. So yeah. that's yeah. fantastic. And, and then for trusts, if you took it at the other end and picking up on your point there, um, we always target an eight times payback, but we generally get around thirteen to fourteen times payback for a trust. Okay. Um, so that's broadly what we're so, looking at. So for, for listeners who, what, what, do you, what does that really mean in like so real if, if a trust puts in, it says, well, I'm going to buy a service from you and it costs them a thousand pounds, it will save them, you know, the, we target 13,000 pounds is what wow. we will generally deliver as a, as a saving. Well, and but, let's not forget, there'll be presumably, you know, far fewer bundles of printed leaflets stacked up <laughs> in the corner. Of not somewhere. even counting that. And you haven't got, the other thing is, and we forget this for patients, don't we? They're not driving in and out of a hospital car park so much. With, yeah, with the there's all these indirect costs, issues. right? There's the, and, yeah, there's the, you know, they're not, they're not having to schedule an appointment, take time ah, off work, you know, organize a childcare to take the kids, you know, pay the parking, like all that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm completely with you. All of the secondary costs and tertiary costs. Yeah. And it's so hard to, to measure those, but they're so, so important um, yeah. just, for, just for people's well-being, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, well-being. financial and, and emotional. And yeah. so how um, let's talk about Connect Plus now. OK, I, I think that's really exciting what you're doing there. So let's why don't we why don't we sort of why don't you explain to the listeners what it is and okay. then how you transitioned or what the kind of journey was from the video proposition that you that yeah. you had that was very successful, very scaled up into that sort of Connect Plus piece? I will. No problems at all. So for listeners sitting there this afternoon, they'll know somebody or it might be themselves who's got a health condition. Could be diabetes. It could be heart failure, as I've touched on. It could be kidney disease. It doesn't matter. And if you know somebody with one of those conditions, there's a reasonable chance that you or the person you know may have a second condition. So a quarter of us have two or more conditions. Okay, so if I've got diabetes, there's a one in four chance I've also got heart failure or COPD or or rheumatoid arthritis. That's a lot of people. And that's Mm. not just the UK. That's globally. And what happens is as a patient, if you get seen by your hospital system, um, you might be given an app to help you manage your condition with information on it. But if you've got diabetes and you've got heart failure, let's say, you might be given an app for both of those. You might not be given an app for either. You might just be left with bits of paper, but you might be given one for both. But actually, why as a patient should you have two apps? I don't I don't get it. I think I'm a patient who happens to have diabetes and heart failure. I'm not a diabetic and I'm not a heart. I'm I'm still Richard with a couple of conditions and we saw this going on and we said but this is mad why not bolt together everything for all the conditions people could have in one place Mm. not only does that mean patients only have one place to go but equally as a hospital system I can look at you Steve and say ah this is Steve here in front of me and I can now see the details about him with his um, with his heart failure with his diabetes in one place so it struck us that could we build 
an app that would use the stuff we'd learned in video, the, the videos themselves, and all that useful information that would help patients in one place. That's, that's what we started by doing. And we originally worked with a, with a rheumatology consultant called Kirsten Mackay uh, and looking at rheumatoid arthritis and all the rheumatology conditions. And she was an absolute star. And we just started building from there. We built rheumatology. Then we started building other conditions. Um, but we, we built a tool, Connect Plus, that could take as many conditions as need be. Mm. So if you're a hospital and you want to pick off your main conditions, um, ones are sort of ones I've listed, kidney, heart, um, diabetes and the like, fine, you could do that. But if you were a specialist hospital and you were dealing with a rare disease, you could put that in there alongside mm. those conditions as well. And that's, that's what we did. And when we were doing lots of research with patients we watched them coming along all ages um with uh like i say multiple conditions but also with bits of paper in there that um in their bags that where they recorded their symptoms and how their disease was progressing and mm. what was happening to them on a day-by-day basis but it was all it was all bits of paper and what what medications were they taking and when was their next appointment so we said well hold on a minute if we could put multiple conditions with information about how to manage, how to care, what to do if A, B or C happens in one place, that's good. But if we could also give them a place that they could record their symptoms and their progr- their disease progression, where they could make notes about how am I doing, where they could take a note of their medications, both what's being prescribed by their hospital doctor, but by, also by their GP, and also you know, what they've got and bought over the counter at their pharmacy. You know, I, I take vitamin D in the, in the winter. Well, let's make a note of that because actually when I start taking it, does it have an impact on the pain in my elbow and all the rest? So that's what we did. So we built connect plus so that it could firstly do information across multiple diseases. Secondly, capture information. So patients had everything in one place that they could see and their doctors could see. And then we built it so it could be tailored to every hospital that wanted to run this. So it wasn't a mm. national program because doctors like their own pathways of care, their own treatment programs. So we had to build it so it was flexible enough that it could just be adapted to every site that wanted cool. to use it. And that's so that's that's what we set out. To Great. Do. So when built. you um, what was the key insight that you found that where you, you you know when you said okay there was there's people with different conditions two conditions and all the, yeah. all those things I totally understand and I completely agree with you what was the key insight and how did you get it that that Connect Plus was what would solve that potentially like how did that happen and what kind of <laughs> when was that that when was that moment you know okay that's that's a combination of engaging with people in in focus groups in just discussing with people yeah first sorry i always worry from a marketing point of view that they tell us we should research first and then build a product i think as what you do what i do steve is we see a need and we build something to satisfy that need Mm. and if we sat around waiting for focus groups to tell us it's usually gone and it's passed us by or focus yeah. groups will tell us something else because they can't visualize quite what you and I are holding in our heads as a yeah. concept. But once you've built the outline, 
you can then ask people to go right now then what can we do with this how do we improve it so yeah. we had we had um uh patients we were just in front of them watching what they were doing how they were behaving with this thing initially when it was a single app and then there was a business piece which is hannah our lead developer um just started learning from the feedback and playing around with the code and she said i can do this for you i can make this multiple um uh, multiple conditions really multiple conditions across multiple sites and thanks to hugh kelly my one of my fellow directors we were they though two of them had the insight to go no there's something we can really do here to meet this customer need and they just they just rewrote the original plan we had and just went no hold on multiple conditions multiple sites we can do this and they just made it happen and i still remember the day hugh called me over and he said i want to show you something and they hadn't said anything to me and they showed me uh well it was more than a mock-up there was code written and i looked at it and i went that is game changing and you remember those yeah those moments you, you remember those moments but it's it's a combination of aspiration we want to transform healthcare we patient feedback skills of people in the business that go no there's a different way of looking at this there's a different way of solving this conundrum and you bring that lot together and and in our job is it not our role to provide a platform on which people and inside and outside the organization can have that thinking have that moment mm. have that opportunity to perform at their very best yeah deliver something unusual and yeah. maybe that's our job is just to provide those platforms those st- at stage on which people can go out and really perform and do something yeah. special. I would agree with that. I mean, one of the reasons why I love early stage businesses is that, you know, pretty much every day is a new day. I mean, there's yeah. no, you know, nothing's prescribed, you know, you can, <laughs> you, you, you have the opportunity to do something truly world changing or game changing every single day. Um, you know, because almost by definition, no one's really ever done it before. You know, there might be even if people are in your space, everyone does things differently, you know. So it's yeah. it's an opportunity to do things from a blank slate as opposed to sort of, you know, there are people that fit larger corporate organizations. You know, it takes all kinds to make the world go round, you know, but but in those organizations, the challenges are, are a lot more difficult. You know, there's a lot more politics. There's a lot more process. There's yeah. a lot more, you know, those type of things. It's sort of about efficiency. How do you do the same thing more efficiently? Not necessarily how do we do something completely new? And, and, you know, anything strategic takes far, far longer. So, no, I completely, I completely understand. So we're going to go to another commercial break now um, with the supporters of the station. And after that, I want to pick up on why did you start with rheumatology? And then I'd like to go into you taking us through what, what you see as a patient from Connect Plus. Like, let's go through the actual journey. So we'll be back in one minute. UK Health Radio. The station that makes you feel good. Scalar light is the quantum energy emitted from the universe, from the sun and stars. Now, Tom Palladino, a humanitarian and scalar light researcher, has created the world's only scalar light healing system, a system that can bring long-distance healing and wellness to humans, pets, and plants via a photograph. Get your free 15-day trial now at scalarlight.com or click on the Scalar Light banner on the UK Health Radio website. 
Shields like masks are top of mind right now. But did you know you have inner armor working constantly to protect you from pathogens? It keeps you healthy and thriving. It's your immune system. Ion Gut triggers the body's natural ability to support gut strength all year long, so your immune system can protect you when you need it the most. How are you treating your inner armor? Visit uk.ionbiome.com to learn more. Ion Gut. Protect what protects you. UK Health Radio. The station that makes you feel good. Hi, welcome back. We're talking to Richard from HCI, uh, who have developed a platform called Connect Plus. So, Richard, before the break, you were about to take us through. First of all, let's actually start. Let's flip it around and let's go through from a user's perspective or a patient's perspective. How do they find out about Connect Plus? How do they get it? And and then what's the kind of pathway that they go through? How how does that work? No problems at all. No problems. Well, uh, the most common way people get it is it's prescribed if that's the right word by their um, hospital consultant generally because we generally work out of hospitals um, but it's it's downloadable from the app store you can okay. see it there um, and there's a website www.connectplus.digital okay so um, but the um, so they're prescribed it by their clinician generally because that doctor is working with us to support them with their patients using Connect Plus. And when they open it up, um, what they'll be broadly, they'll see their condition. And within their, at the moment, we're still relatively new. We'll have about 40 conditions live by the back end of this quarter. And back end of next year, we could be 100, 150 plus conditions in this thing. But they'll see their condition and there are some key bits that they'll be able to see on the app. Firstly, there's information about what their disease is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I say disease. We're, we're increasingly seeing not just, you know, we started in long term conditions, um, but actually we're now doing programs of work in hip and knee replacement, colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. So helping people who are having a treatment pathway as well. But let's say you're looking you'll see your condition they'll tell you what it's about uh what you should expect by way of the disease your early months of after diagnosis what will happen um what are the things you need to look out for but just guidance and it's a mix of text and video on the on the app but that's the 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 core bit but there's also things like frequently asked questions sections but i there's a really important bit patients like and that's the clinic locations for your hospital for the service you're getting support from it will show all your hospital locations and the where you could go for an appointment what you should expect when you get there parking things like that but also details about the team that's looking after you and that's not just the consultant it will be details about the consultants the specialist nurses the admin team the physio team the product whatever yeah. making up the whole team and who they are pictures of them so it it's personalized to you yeah i was gonna say do you know what that reminds me of that's something that i talk about all the time which is you know bringing healthcare and access to healthcare service in in line with the way that everyone lives their lives you know in this yeah. right right now you know the, the bringing all of those services or as many as possible in line with the way that we live our digital lives now which we all do through our phone or through tablets or through you know we, we have a 
in every other aspect of our lives, we have a high, a very high level of digital integration, except in healthcare. And it's getting there. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, like, for example, if you were to go and see your dentist, you would go to their website, you'd have their picture, you would see all the information about them. And, you know, the dentist might have an app and, you know, however, so I think what you're doing is really interesting, which is making it a lot more, I mean, usable, I don't user friendly to access those services. I think that makes a lot of sense. It's probably like a bit of a sleeping giant, you know, no one's really mm. thought about that really low hanging, obvious type of fruit that, that, that is so obvious in other areas of, 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 of the world of life. Um, yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, and, and personalization is important. One, it makes the the clinical team more engaged, but actually for a patient sat on the other side, I know who these people are, you know? And yeah, it, uh, and that's therefore- it, human, it humanizes it, right? It's yeah. not like you're not just going to like room 14B on the third floor, <laughs> you know? It's sort of like there's a team and I'm being taken care of and, you know, I understand who might be there and who might greet me and I, I understand the process and I think it makes, yeah, I mean, yeah. it makes total and sense. It, it is interesting because on there, you're just making me think about highlighting points actually, but there's a button, you know, if you're, if you want the physio, the rheumatology physio team, you press the button and it says, call this number and you're not going round the houses you actually end up at the team as it should happen in every part of your life you know it's, it's right it's easy yeah you know? that makes total what so you can skip the hospital switchboard yeah you just go oh. direct and you just go you know thank you this is why i love doing this show is because sometimes people come on with with they, they've identified a problem that people did that, that everyone knew was a problem but no one had necessarily come up with an easy way to solve it which you basically have done you know we had another company on called infinity health a guy called elliot engers who's the founder there and their digital task management in the nhs and that they realized that that they basically managed to save ten thousand hours of porter time in one ward alone in a year just by moving people from paper to yep. A, a, a simple online digital tablet based version yeah. of task management yeah. like great i mean no more people get lost on the way to x-ray yeah cool. <laughs> and and people at home will be saying well do people get lost on the way to x-ray oh yes <laughs> yeah well no but then that's the thing is that it was sort of you don't that's why we do the show is like to try and make people understand why this matters to to you as a patient right it matters to you yeah. as a patient because if you don't, if you miss your x-ray appointment you might get delayed for 24 hours if you don't get taken back to your bed then you might miss the doctor round etc cetera, etc cetera, which could delay treatment like all these things which you don't realize are kind of going on in the background of the system yeah. all these system related things actually have an impact on your health yeah uh, and it's in the same way like in the i pick up i keep on that rheumatology example but there's a people with rheumatoid arthritis have problems with their backs and they ring in and they say, I need to see the physio, the, the rheumatology physiotherapist. But now the help test team will go, well, hold on a minute. And that could be an administrator, not a nurse. So that's, that's better. We'll say, hold on. Have you looked at the video on the app on right. what to do? And, oh no, I can't do that. And they go off and do that and they can get instant relief. Right. right? And what that does is free up space for the physio or an, a specialist nurse or a consultant to see someone who is in more desperate need at that point in time. Yeah. And that's so important because at the moment, at some point, yep. the person with the bad back will need one of those slots because they will have had yep. a flare. And yet it's only through services like this and that, 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 that you're going to be able to triage people in real time for yes. these issues. 
Absolutely. You, 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 there isn't, you have to, if you want to do triage in real time outside of a hospital, you know, you have to go for a digital solution now. Yeah. There isn't another way to do it. And you definitely can't go to the GP, you can't go to the GPs and things like that because it's just not, at the moment, they're overwhelmed. And yeah. so if, if services, which I believe that they do, they need to get more efficient at making everyone work up to the top of their license in effect. So maximize the efficiency of healthcare staff. You need a way to manage and triage and deal with things that don't necessarily that can be dealt with in a way that don't involve those healthcare staff. But actually, you know, as as I think you found, patients kind of prefer it. They don't yeah. want to have to go to hospital if they don't want to, you know, if they don't have to. But their back hurts and they don't really know what else to do. Yeah. So if you can make that available to them readily and easily, even without ringing in, because they can just scout around the app so much the better yeah just just other bits on the app so lots of information about disease frequently asked questions who's my team who's looking after me where do i have to go for my meetings and then the interactive bits on top of that are uh, a section to record your appointments with a reminder but also we're using it now for uh, not only does it remind you to do your appointments, it reminds you maybe to do your exercises and then a video pops up to mm. show you what the exercise is. Your meds, you can your medications, you can record that. And then a really big bit, you can record your symptoms. So mm-hmm. what's your pain like? How, how is your sleep pattern? How is um, in hip and knee replacement? How flexible is your knee both before and after surgery? Um uh, linking to a Fitbit, how many steps are you taking a day, which illustrates to the, your surgeon how you're recovering after your surgery. Yeah. Um, so lots of symptom trackers like that. And, you know, in your own area of work, you know, you can then start, once you start thinking like that, all sorts of things can be tied in to gather information that that is data alongside the information giving bit that is is what we do. And that yeah. then enables... I think I think the feedback loop is so important for I, a lot of this. We did you know symptom tracking for clinicians, but actually, if I'm a patient and I can see that my my graph, my condition is improving over time, I can reflect for myself what it is that I've done that I've changed that's helped me get a bit better. Yeah. And, that I think that's about empowering patients. Information yeah, I mean, I, and I, feedback is again with a lot. I mean, not with all conditions, totally granted, but with 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 some conditions, the the your your um, prognosis, if you like, is is dramatically impacted by your own activity or yeah. lack thereof. And yeah. so, anything that improves empowerment is likely to improve a prognosis for that set of of conditions. So, you know, and I, we're, I'm a big believer is like you can't if you look at the science of behavior change and it's all based on goal setting, right. But there has to be a feedback loop. There has to, otherwise if there's no ability for anyone to get real time data about their progression, the entire thing falls down. So you need to be able to have that documentation to understand, you know, how that's why we've done PocDoc because there's all these vague statements about, Oh, you know, switch the flora and reduce your cholesterol. So, well, I don't even know what my cholesterol is right now. Yes. how do I know that exercising anymore is going to make me better? But, but if you can provide that feedback loop, then there's a huge amount of science that says that your, your progression and your, your activity and your positivity will increase, right? So you're even more likely to hit your goal. Yeah, very much so. And a piece of work for us in the future is looking at that behavioral change component. Cause I think there's, 
we, we haven't even scratched the surface. You asked about, you know, what are the outputs? Yeah. I don't think we've scratched the surface on understanding what actually is possible. In the, and we're going to do that. We're going to do that with, with a, a local university, University of Exeter, to Great. just dig into that because we, we're going to have to get at it because there's I so think, much in there. Yeah, I think so. Com- completely. I, I completely agree. I think if you can, if you run that research on, on a platform that combines re- really clinical, clinically solid video content about how to manage your condition you know information in one place about how to interact with nhs services you know tracking medication all that type of stuff i think that there's going to be a huge kind of i would imagine that there'll be a big big positive outcome from from people using that so um just before we go there's a couple of areas that i want to cover you know i want to make sure that we cover them so the first is what has the reaction been or what kind of success metrics are you seeing from patients and from clinicians about connect plus yeah, uh, this is Connect Plus is a much more precise way of using video and information than we could ever do with the, the old video libraries. Um, and I, I think I, I'll pick off a couple of patient responses. One, Lily, who's in her, well, early 80s, I think she'll tell me off for saying that, but I'm sure she is. If you look at the app, she says you can get all the information you need. You don't need anything else. Okay, It's good for me. But I think Valerie is a who's an MS patient with i believe this app is a power for a tool for empowerment i i actually see i can do this i can cope right now those two quotes for me are massive because that's about people going and we get good scores but actually it's about her saying i'm empowered i can cope um i've got and lily i've got the information i need and dear old lily says you know I, I recommend it to lots of my friends, which is in her 80s, you know, and she just goes, well, this is the way to operate. You know, I don't want bits of paper all over the place. So that's good. And then in terms of uh, performance, uh, the, the the early stuff coming through is still on rheumatology because, but that doesn't matter. So we, during COVID, where new patients on with rheumatoid diseases need to put on some very strong medications we saw um, we were able to educate remotely 62% of patients who would have, if 100 would have been coming through to the hospital, 62 of them we could do remote education. Wow. And that was it. Uh, we've um, got a 50% reduction in appointments around the use of um, injected uh, drugs in rheumatology. Wow. And in some of them, uh, we've reduced up to 75% in some of the drugs in terms of wow. number of appointments. And, is that, just, and, and that's down to people doing their exercises because they can see their they, exercises. They're, they're being educated about how to take on these new drugs and they don't need to come into the hospital. And, and MS, we've seen a reduction from a 90-day waiting list down to a 20-day waiting list over six wow. months. So we're talking big numbers. I mean, that's a you, massive shift. Yeah, Those are honestly, because you're helping people where they want to be helped at, at home, right. you know, like, right. let's, that's where they want their care to take place. And hospitals don't want people filling up their corridors. They don't need to any longer. They, well, yeah. I mean, look, this is all going to accelerate, right? I mean, this yeah. is going to, this is the, this is the new, this is the new normal. I mean, this is healthcare yeah. now, you know? Yes, so. it is. And, and it's wonderful. I think yeah. wonderful. Well, I mean, it, that's the thing, for the everybody. Numbers- the numbers and the feedback speaks for itself. It, you're, what you're not trying to do is enforce a model of care on people that don't want it. Right? No. no, it's digital first. But if 
digital isn't possible for people. What you've done is create the space to make sure we can care for the people who maybe can't access digital. And we've created space for those people who need urgent, intensive care to be cared for because we're going to struggle. We've got numbers backing up. We've got to find ways of solving that conundrum. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So quickly, we've got like two minutes. So what's what's the future of the next 12 months look like for Connect Plus or HCI or both? No troubles at all. Um, growing uh, the number of conditions in there so we can help more and more patients. Growing the number of hospitals we support. So again, we can help more and more patients and more and more hospitals. Uh, looking overseas as well. Okay. Um, because it, it translates. We can write this in different languages. We can write it to local needs. And also... Beyond that, I think it will take us more than 12 months actually looking at that data where you've got data across multiple conditions in one place. What is that telling us about people's symptoms when there's a correlation of two types of data and they've got different meds, medications in those different um, conditions? What does that teach us? So all that is a those are things we're looking at. And yeah, I, th- I think that there's, you know, if you can become the platform of choice to interact with patients about their treatment pathways, about their meds, about all of those type of things, I think that there's a huge, huge opportunity. I mean, I think it's some of those statistics that you just quoted are kind of really crazy. I'm actually slightly shocked that they're, I mean, they're, they're so good. I mean, yeah. reduction, you know, from 60% to 20% of, of appointments and things like that. Well, is not the, crazy. The knee surgeon, knee surgeon we're working with is targeting an 80, 80% reduction in post-operative appointments using it. Wow. That's, that's his target, not ours. He created it. We don't know if we'll get there yet, but that's what he's saying I think is possible. I do not need to see these people post-operatively if I'm getting this data. Wow, that's fantastic. Well, look, on that note, I would like to say, Richard, thank you very much, Richard, from HCI and Connect Plus. Um, you can download Connect Plus from the App Store. Or what was the website again, Richard? Uh, www.connectplus.digital. Great. And you can manage all of your conditions and do all of the rest of the stuff with the app. But yeah, would recommend that anyone go and check it out. So Richard, thanks a lot for coming on the show. And thank you, for every- thank you to everyone for listening. And we'll be back again next week with another great guest. But thank you very much, everyone. Thanks, Steve. Posing with